Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode seven of the Connoisseurs on the Record podcast. Hey, he does math. Good job. I'm Trey. I'm Ian. And today, we will be reviewing one of my personal choices to review on this channel. An album called Yourself or Someone Like You by one of my favorite bands growing up, Matchbox 20. What do you love so much about Matchbox 20? Uh, that, that wasn't one of the bands that I grew up with. And I honestly didn't know anything about Matchbox until I met you and you... They're like all you talk about. I was an angstier kid when I was younger. Weren't we all? And I felt like this band really encapsulated a lot of that. I don't know how to describe it. Just uh, a lot of pain in the vocals. You know what I mean? A lot of angry, a lot of angry vocals towards the world. And I really appreciated that. Also, me and my dad would always listen to Matchbox Twenty growing up on the way to school. On the way to, he would drive me. This to, seems like dad music, but he, not in a bad way. No, he would drive me to uh, my middle school in his big old Hummer, and every morning we'd always listen to this album on repeat on the way to school, and I just became so accustomed to it and grew to love it so much. When we talked about albums we wanted to review, this was one of the ones that I just knew immediately I've had an attachment to for a long time. I'd like to discuss this one on the channel and at least get your thoughts on it as well. I'm excited to get into it because I haven't heard anyone talk about Matchbox 20 like hardly at all in my life until I met you, and... I'm a little excited because, you know, I'm the rock guy, so for you to talk about Matchbox 20, I just, I know little to nothing about them. What you might not realize is just how big they were back in their heyday. They were a very, very popular band. They were. This album came out in 96. It was their debut album. No one had really heard of them. Oh, this was their debut album? This was their debut album. Oh, well, that puts some perspective on it. They were one of the people, they were one of the newer, grungier sounds they were one of the sounds of alternative rock that kind of exited from the style of Nirvana after Nirvana had yeah. obviously finished their with their time. Matchbox Twenty was one of the few one of the fewer bands that ushered in the new sound of alternative rock towards the mid to late nineties. This album was widely successful. It was certified twelve times platinum. Hey, I good say. job! Yeah, twelve times platinum. Okay, I got that it reached number one on the Australian song charts, like album charts. It also reached number five on the Billboard 200. It was one of those albums that didn't do as much commercially when it first came out, but when they continued to release more singles, they got radio airplay, and they were pretty much all hits, no misses. That's when people started to really understand who Matchbox 20 was for the band, and then began keeping an eye out for them as they It's kind of the opposite kind career. of success as Olivia Rodrigo, who we just covered last week. Where she pretty much got huge overnight, basically. Yes. Matchbox 20 was kind of a slow burn. No pun intended. Get it, Matchbox? <laughs> anyway. Matchbox, like matches? Hold on a second. Give me one second. Oh, no. No, no. Give me one second. Just like literally five oh, no. seconds. Oh, no. What are you thinking? No, no, no. Nothing. Okay, sorry. I thought for a second Matchbox 20 had a song called Slow Burn, and you just accidentally referenced oh. one of their songs. They have a song on their next oh. album called The Burn, but it's not called God, Slow Burn. God, but wouldn't it? it wouldn't that have been awesome? You would have freaked me out for a second. Okay, you know that. what? I'm just going for the sake of how awesome that would have been. I'm going to say they have one. Don't go looking for it, <laughs> but they have there. one because I just want to be that awesome. Well, what are your thoughts after listening to this album? Kind of Before we get too deep into it, any gener- like generic roundabout thoughts you have about this one since I want to save my thoughts about them. what I think about the album itself after I just know that prior I was excited because I didn't fully know what to expect anything you learned about the band specifically though before 
at, like while Not diving really. into this. I didn't really do too much uh, deep dives, kind of uncharacteristic of me. I just kind of looked up their chart performance and their reception, and it was generally positive. So not too terribly much to tell. I didn't really have... I don't have a big experience with Matchbox 20. You can tell that I'm the person that has... I'm pretty much going in a virgin on this one as far as it comes to Matchbox 20. I'm sure that I've heard some of their songs. If you've ever walked into an American supermarket, you have 100% heard at least three or four Matchbox 20 songs. If they kept a tab for supermarket radio station airplay... Matchbox 20 would come in at first place every single year, I swear to it. Every time I go into a store, I hear one of their songs. I literally keep track of it every day. Think about so the you've, only... You've heard some Matchbox 20 before, no question about yeah. it. Yeah, and I think the only real little nugget of trivia I picked up in preparation is, and I'm surprised you haven't touched on it yet, the album art lawsuit. Yes, that's a good point. The yeah. guy that was actually in the picture sued Matchbox 20. They didn't. Allegedly... They didn't ask for permission to use that photo of him. I don't even know the backstory of how they got that picture. If you don't, you'll be able to see the album art. Um, it'll. It's the it'll, art for this episode. Yeah, you'll be able to see. It's the guy with the hat. It's a, it's and a heavier glasses. set guy with glasses with a hat on that kind of looks like. I don't know how to describe. It that almost hat. looks like a pilot hat. Yeah, or like a football helmet without the, without the little thing going around the uh, the mask. Without you, ever the face see, mask. You, you ever seen the terrible movie Leatherheads? It's kind of like that. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Which was recorded in our humble state of South Carolina, mind yes. you. But yeah, and, and Matchbox 20 is surprisingly, it was very big. You may not have known it, they were very big back in their their heyday. Still touring nowadays. Uh, still, Do they have a more, you don't hear about them much. Do they still have kind of a more dedicated following? Are they kind of a little more underground as time's gone on? They, they still have a dedicated fan base from their run in the 90s and early 2000s that still come out to their shows and still listen to their music. I still listen to their music, so I mean... Whenever they come to Charlotte, which I believe is next year, I'll definitely be there. I'm okay. excited to go now see Okay, here's them. a real question for someone who knows little to nothing about Matchbox 20. My entire um, uh, knowledge of Matchbox, Matchbox 20, bleh, they have such a long name, uh, Matchbox 20 comes from listening to this album. So this is the extent of my knowledge. Has their sound evolved any as time's gone on? Absolutely. Much cleaner. How would much... you describe them now? Are they more? Uh, are they still kind it's... of in the '90s post grunge era, or what? Well, what would you describe? Them as actually, their most recent album came out in 2012. They haven't released an album in 10 years. Oh, really? And are I they kind of going that... the Billy Joel route? They're just um, kind of doing greatest hits for their things, not really releasing anything new, or are they in the process of making mostly new? greatest hits for tours? It's, I will say, the 2012 album, which was called North, was very, very different than anything they released before. Unfortunately, it was not my favorite. It was much more poppy, mm. more modern sounds, very less, much less instra instrumental, if you will, a lot less instrumentation and more synth and computer kind of, generated, even computer mm. generated audio. I think was a great, I mean, it's a good way to describe it. More like it's, kind of dance pop, I guess. Kind a of. lot of it, yeah. There's a song called "Put Your Hands Up" that is literally the epitome of generic dance pop oh, on Lord. that album. It is not my favorite. There's a couple gems on there, but other than that, if you want to listen to Mashbox, just stick with. Yourself or Someone Like You, Mad Season, which came out in 2000, and Even More Than You Think You Are, which came out in 2002. So they were a all late those, 90s to early 2000s band. Yeah, all those are prime. solid listens all the way through. But this album in particular, and we'll get started talking about it here, was kind of what thrust them onto the scene of prominence in not just their genre, but in the music industry as a whole. Well, to be thrust onto the scene in your debut album, you ain't doing yeah, too bad. They... they not even like again, not even just in this specific niche of 
the kind of music they were making. Rob Thomas, the lead singer of Matchbox 20, as you know, was featured on one of the biggest songs of all time, Smooth, with Santana. Yeah, I do remember you telling me that. Okay, yes. yeah. His, that, and he won multiple Grammys I remember you telling Grammys me that little that nugget song. just stayed in the back of my mind. It wasn't even on my mind when I was doing it. Yep, so that helped, you know, shoot them into more relevance as well. But yeah, he won multiple Grammys for that song. I mean, it really... This album... By itself, though, put him in that position to where he. And here's the real question: When they're on tour, do they perform that song? That's a great question. I don't know, and I hope to find that out this summer when I go see them. But <gasps> oh, you're going to see them? I'd love. Oh yeah, I'm definitely buying tickets because they're coming to Charlotte and Atlanta and probably oh. some other places too. So I'm definitely looking forward. Oh, to that'll it. be sick. I remember when we went to go see Panic, we were talking about our dream concerts, and they're, you said Matchbox was one of them. They're one of them, and I'm hoping to make so it for happen you to already summer. be able to pick it up that fast. That's that's exciting. I'm looking I, forward to it. That'll be a really good one. And they'll play a lot of songs on this album as we get into it. Specifically, they'll definitely play track one, which is titled. Real world. Oh, that was smooth. Uh, ha, ha, no pun intended. That was smooth. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. From some other planet, I get this funky high on the yellow sun. Boy, I bet my friends are already stunned. Well, they're stunned. Yeah. Very strong start. Honestly, with I this dig one. it. I really dig it. I had never heard this song before. I really? No, that surprises I, me. When no. I talk about supermarket songs, this is the one that plays in supermarkets. Okay, more often than I might have else. heard it subliminally, okay. but there's one song in particular that I vividly remember hearing, and we'll get into that as we get to it. But okay. as this song started hitting, as soon as I heard it, I thought, okay, I have definitely heard this voice. Rob Thomas has a very... That's Rob Thomas, right? That is Rob Thomas. Rob Thomas yes. has a very distinct voice. One of those where if you've heard a Matchbox 20 song, you know that you've listened to it. It's a, it's a southern twang, if you will. A very strong southern twang. He's got kind of a more southern... I kind of liken him to Pearl Jam. They have kind of similar voices. Granted, they're completely different voices. But the same kind of vibe of I'm able to understand them better... Like, I'm able to understand Matchbox 20 better than Pearl Jam, but they have kind of the same kind of twang, and the kind of, I don't have to worry about enunciating when I sing, that kind yeah. of thing. Well, it's, he grew up, uh, he lived a lot as a kid with his grandmother in South Carolina, actually, in Lake City. He grew up around here, so he's very, he's Southern at heart, he's Southern, he's Southern boy, so you can kind of tell that when he sings. But yeah, when you have heard a Matchbox 20 song, you know, you know, you know it's a Matchbox 20 song from the first from the first vocal cord he hits, you know what I mean? This is classic, vintage, late 90s radio rock, is how I would define it. I like the theme, too. It's a very much... He wants to escape from this kind of boring life that he's in. He wants to be in charge. He wants to be in power. You know, he, wonder what it's like. he wonders what it's like to be the head honcho. He wonders what it's like... He wonder what it's like to. I know, love that head honcho know, line. Yeah, he wonders what it's like to know that he made the rain. You Which know the head I mean? honcho line sounds familiar. I think I might have heard this when I was listening to a, to like a rock station when i was at work i think it might have come on but it was just kind of background noise yeah but it, you've i'm about to say you've definitely heard matt you've definitely probably heard this song i'm before. sure i'm sure i have it's just not intentionally and not yeah. knowingly yeah but it's cool it's cool because it's, it's he's talking about wanting to escape from the, the boring mundane monotonous life that he's part of but towards the bridge you hear him and he starts to come around and he realizes that you know maybe he sometimes has these desires to be something greater, be something more, but it's also important to appreciate who you are. He talks about 
don't change, don't break. The only things that's the only thing that seems to work at all is you. Please don't change at all for me to you. It's like he's talking to the listener, saying, "Don't change. That's really nice. Don't 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 feel like you need to be something you're not. You need to be greater. You're per- you're good the way you are." See, I think that's cool. When I was listening to this album in its entirety, I did not get to. I didn't dive into the lyrics as much as I wish I could have. Okay. Uh, but I'm, I wasn't too worried about it because I know that this album is a second language for you. So I knew that my workload was lifted a little bit because I knew that you would be carrying a good way to this album because you have listened to this album front to back multiple times throughout your life. Oh, so yeah, totally. I, I, I'm kind of the student this go around because sure. I, I know little to nothing about this band. a lot of pressure, but okay. But when I was, when I was listening to it, I, I will say that the opening, that the opening line... I wonder what it's like to be the rainmaker. I wonder what it's like to know that I made the rain. I kind of chuckled a little bit. I'm like, you're repeating yourself. Yeah. But I I, I love when, and then he goes on, all yellow, yellow tags on him and all that. Like his perspective and his um, like personification and the visualization of what he's saying is, it's very, it, it, it gets your attention. You know, yeah. he has a very interesting perspective on things. Agreed. Well, let's talk about number two, which is long day. I'm sorry about the attitude I need to give when I'm with you But no one else will take this shit from me And I'm so terrified of no one else but me I'm here all the time I won't go away Yeah, it's, it's a jam. This one's definitely a jam. This was the first single off of this album. Was not as big of a hit as the rest of the singles. I would say. This one really grew on me as I was listening to it. This is... It's tough. But I would say this might be my favorite song on the album. Long Day. It's a solid choice. I, I will love say. this song because I feel like the... This is angst in a song done right. Especially as he builds up towards the end. And he finishes the bridge. And you can just hear him like reaching deep down into his his chest. And like through his mouth. Like through his throat to sing these lyrics. I love it so much. You just hear the desperation and pain in his voice. And he's that's talk- one thing. He's a very passionate vocalist. 100%. That's the one, th- that's never one question, major thing I've got. You'll never question whether or not he means what he's singing about, which I love. Oh, no. It's he's always so genuine. He is so believable. Absolutely. And the, the whole concept of this song, at least the way I take it, is feeling like you're putting a load on someone you care about a lot just with all the stuff you're going through personally. Like, Imagine you come home to your wife after a long day. And you just feel like you have so many problems you got to unload on her. And you worry that you unloading all this stuff onto this person is going to drive them away. But at the same time admitting that you have a lot of issues and you really need them to be there for you. I love that con- I love that complex situation he puts the listener in. I think he does a great job. And you can re- again, you can really hear the, the, the anxiety as, he, as, as the song comes to a close and the stress and the, the desperation in his voice. This This one to me is... As close, in my opinion, as this album comes to having a perfect song, I feel like there's just nothing about this song. Even the breaths, I can see it. even the breaths he takes before he starts the song. Oh no, no, yeah, like he, the like, stutter breath. The kind of, you can hear he the anxiety and yeah, stuff like, weighing down. You his can chest. tell that he stepped right into the studio right when he was feeling a strong yes. emotion, and he's like, "Okay, man, let's get this done before this goes away." A subtle touch, just like you mentioned with Driver's License on our last review. How at the beginning of Driver's License, you hear the car door opening. I think belt, the, the intro to clicking. a song is one of the most important parts of it. Even if, if you don't have a strong intro. Then it takes a bit to you know pick up and get people's attention. If you're going right into it, whether it's a really good riff or even just a stutter breath, like an anxiety-filled breath of air, yeah, you can tell. All right, this is about to be something good. Yep. And I give, I guess, 
with this one specifically, it just comes down to it's so raw is a good word. It's oh, very yeah. raw. Very raw emotion you can hear it in his voice. And same is to be said for the second the next song we're gonna review, which is three AM. This is the one. This is the one that I heard. This is the... I think this was my introduction to it. I always heard this one on the radio. Never knew who it was. And I have a very distant memory of hearing this song when I was a kid. And I think it might have been on a commercial for a classic rock radio station or something. I don't know. I forget what it was. But I do remember hearing it on a commercial. And I think that might have been my unofficial indoctrination into Matchbox 20. But this is the song that I vividly know. I do believe this to be the most popular song off the album, I think. Uh, It's very close with this one and the next one. But this one is sort of a... You can almost say this is written from a more innocent perspective. A younger perspective, I guess, if you will. It's like a younger Rob. He's talking about his mom, who is dying of cancer and it's it's why do it's i not so, pick up on these nuances i wish i dug more in these lyrics th- this is one of those where and i was looking earlier today because i was studying some studying up on this a little bit and rob thomas has actually said himself that his relationship with his mom was a little rocky at times and so it was mixed emotions for him when he was there with her while she was he would come home from school and she'd be you know lying in bed just in pain and while he didn't have the best relationship with her it's something that made him grow a lot and he became a lot older at heart than his 12 or 13 year old age at the time when she passed away would have would have would have been reasonable for him to be and this is Again, it's the most popular song that they, off this album at least, it's one of their most popular songs of all time. But this is where you really start to see a different side of Rob Thomas, I think, in the song. It's a more, instead of angry, it's a more just purely distraught at the reality he's facing. You know, this is his mom. Like, he, yeah, they've had a rough relationship, but he still loves her. He doesn't want to see her die. He doesn't want to be there as she passes away. You know, he's too young for this. And, I, this this one makes me think about my grandmother, who obviously is not my mom, but I was like 15 when she passed away, and she actually passed away in our home of cancer as well. Um, so this one hits really, really hits hits home for me. Um, yeah. But yeah, this again, it's it, you start to see a theme throughout the album at this point of he's he's just he's wrestling with himself, he's wrestling with life, he's wrestling with this reality that you know life is not fair life is hard like life is causing him so much pain and so much heartbreak and we're only three songs in and i feel like he's conveyed that so so freaking well yeah i just can't the emotions in these first three songs just uh, it's already taking you on a ride and i mean there's literally nine songs left to go it just oh it's it's beautiful if you can't tell, I absolutely love this album and i love matchbox yeah i'm learning something brand new i hate that i didn't pick up on this stuff and I guess let's go right into the next one. I guess let's go into Push. 
Let's do it. I think this one might be one of my favorites so far. Okay. Lyrically, it's really an incredible song. Like, if you, as a human being, don't relate to the first verse of this in some way, are you even human? I don't know if I've ever been good enough, a little bit rusty, I feel like my head is caving in, don't know if I've ever been really loved, and I feel like something's gonna give, and I'm a little bit angry. I love that adds the, and I'm a little bit angry, just at the end, it's like, well, that can kind of sum up pretty much everything you're saying. I'm just, I'm, I'm just kind of angry. If you've ever been angry, then this song relates to you. Yeah. And the, I, I think the, the chorus is just, I don't know. I just love the chorus. I wanna push this one, you around. The chorus in this one actually caught a little bit of flack from um, feminist groups, believe it or not, because really, a lot of people thought a lot of these feminist groups thought that this song was glorifying domestic abuse. In a sense, I want to push you around. Well, I will. Well, I will. He think they thought he was talking to his significant other, a female, saying, you know, he wants to push her around while he's going to. Apparently, Rob Thomas had no idea that this song was going to be, con- you know, misconstrued oh, that crap. way, and so he got word like, oh my gosh, and he didn't realize, but it was actually from a different perspective. I can imagine him saying, "Wait, they're saying what?" Well, it was actually <laughs> from the complete opposite perspective. It was supposed to be taken the way he intended for it to be taken was a female in the relationship mistreating the male and wanting to push around the male. And he even said, I believe it was him him or one of the bandmates is like, we don't know how it would ever be misconstrued that way. Like, look at us. We're small, short, skinny guys. Like, that would never be us. We would never do something like that. But this was a big hit back then. This was, I would say this was one of the ones that really pushed them over. This was one of the ones that got them to... <laughs> no pun intended. Push them over? <laughs> yeah. I didn't even mean to do that. But yes. This was one of the bigger ones. This was one of the bigger hits off this album. Uh, right up there with 3AM. It's it's not one of my favorites personally. I, I, I don't really think... See, to me, it's not one that hits me as personally as the others would. But I do understand why this became such a big hit. And I do understand why it was one of their more critically acclaimed songs. I think it's just the, the sound of it and how it's kind of, for the lyrical content, I don't want to say it's a fun song, but you know, it kind of gets, it's a fun one to sing along to. I want to push you around. Well, I will. Yeah. Well, it's so fun. It's like, I don't know, it like makes you, makes you kind of bop your head. It's a good, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it just has a good sound about it. It is. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely, there's reason they released it as a single because it is catchy and it did, garner them a lot of attention but the next song is actually the first one on the album that was not released as a single and it's number five oh, so all of these have been singles up till now yeah this is back in the 90s when like half the albums were released as singles <laughs> just to get as much radio play as possible but hey man you gotta make that money it's been radio man back in the day this is number five girl like that oh, you got to think another great one the you tra- like this one a lot okay yeah the same old trailer trash in new shoes is a great line and with a girl like that and the love it all is better than nothing like i don't know you know sometimes you sometimes you just find that girl and even through like 
hard times, you know, I mean, hey, to have any love from someone that incredible is, you know, I think I'm, do- I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right. Like, I'm lucky to be getting that. Interesting. I'm sure there's, I, there might be a deeper meaning to it. I, I just say, those I, lyrics in particular. I actually interpreted that to mean something completely different. I interpreted this to mean as more of like a, you know, one of those girls that you meet. And again, you're, you're a married man who's been married for three years now, almost. Two, over two married. years. Over two years. This, to me, strikes me as a song as more of like a, he's talking about, one of those girls is like wild at heart, a little harder to, mm. a little harder to. I don't know. Pin down's not the word. Like uh, when you put it that way, yeah. No, I'm 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 you're catching the what I'm laying around down. in my head now. Yeah, free spirited, if you will. I'm telling you, man, this just goes kinda, to show that I was not paying attention to lyrics as much as I wish I could have. Well, you, the girl, and he's like saying, and then you got to think that a girl like that. I mean, any kind of love you can get from, what kind of love it is, any kind of love you can get, no matter how big or small. It's like you got to take what you can get because they don't have much to offer, and then they're. You know, they're hitting the road. They're out of the next thing. She gets sad when there's nothing going on. She says it makes her feel damn worthless. Those she are always lyrics. needs something yeah, to she do. She always needs to be on the move. She needs to be doing something. She needs to have something some, going on. somebody. Someone yeah. who just can't settle down. Exactly. All right. That's the way I interpreted that, which I think this is a good song. I do for sure. Um, no, I think you interpreted that completely correctly, and I am. Uh, I, I didn't get it. I just didn't get it. Again, I realize I'm not getting any of these songs. I wish I gave it more time and a little more. You are effort. a married man, so I think it's a lot easier for me to understand like what he's talking about in this song than it would be for like you know what I mean. That's fair. Yeah. That's definitely fair. I'm curious your thoughts on the next one though, which is number six. Back to which is. I'm curious your thoughts on the next one though, which is number six. Back to good. Everyone here knows everyone here is thinking about somebody else. Well, it's best if we all keep this under our heads. This is another one of those that I really, really enjoyed. This is up there for me as well on one of my favorite songs on the album. It's a, how do you how do you how do you see that? Like, what what about this one? Do you like so much? I mean, it's lyrically incredible. I think I love the concept of everyone here knows everyone here is thinking about someone else, and it's a total song about having so much to say but kind of keeping it to yourself because you're afraid that it won't do any good. Yeah, I have been there so many times. I am a constant victim of wanting to keep things kind of under my hat, keep it close to my chest and not bring up things that bother me or not bring up personal issues. Cause I don't think it's going to do any good. Cause they're my issues. I don't want to burden anyone with them. Yeah. And if I bring it up, it'll probably just cause more conflicts. I mean, if I just keep it to myself, I have been there so many times that this song was really speaking to me and found a great poetic, but also plain way of saying it. I love the way this song is very, it's very mellow. Doesn't really pick up and get too heavy until the end. But I kind of picture this song as like someone was Rob's character, if you will. I picture him being in like a crowded bar on That's a what Friday, I'm on a Friday night or something. He sees all these people around them, and he notices the one girl that's standing there alone. I was thinking that you were lo- If you were lonely, maybe we could leave here and no one would know. You know and he gets to like the pre-chorus and he starts talking about, you know, everyone here is thinking about, knows everyone here is thinking about somebody else. Yeah, that happened. You, you, like, it's the unspoken things. But yeah, when you go out to a bar and you're seeing these different people, these guys trying to pick up girls, these, 
you know, the things you would see at a bar on a Friday night. There is a 100% chance that every single person in that bar that you're seeing looks like they're having a great time is deep down hurting because of someone else or because of something else going on in their life. And it's like, there's no better way to 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 write about that than I think he did in this song. I think it's perfect. And even in the second verse, he talks about, he's implying that they had the one night stand, him and that girl. Like, if you see me out, you don't know me. Uh, try to turn your head, try to give me some room, you know? And I think it's a very, it's a testament to how much he does not like the, that scene. The hookup the scene. The hookup scene, the bar, that kind of thing. You know, he yeah. wants something real. He wants something more. This, this, I, I consider this album a concept album, and I think at this point, this character in this concept album is kind of realizing he wants something a lot deeper than the, the one night stand hookup type of bar scene. I, I, I love it. I think, I think this is one of the best songs in the album. It's a long one. It's almost six minutes long. Uh, it tells a really good story from start to finish. Yeah, it's very, it, it illustrates it. That's the thing. It's a great, I'm a sucker for storytelling songs. I love how well illustrated it was. I also imagine like the kind of bar scene and then like in the second verse when you're talking about you don't know me, I'm imagining like walking down as generic as it sounds, a rainy street or whatever. You pass by them and you kind of look away and you don't pay attention. And I love... Like the- you would kind of do at a small college of about 2,000 people where the campus is, you know... Very minuscule in size, uh, and you want to pretend you don't know somebody. That kind of the thing, damn right? Truth. Yeah. Oh my goodness, but you can't get away from them because you have all the same classes. Because who nope. else are you gonna put in the class? And if you want such it- a small freaking class, <laughs> it's such a small freaking school. And if you want to eat somewhere, you got two choices: Chick Fil A or the garbage cat food. We're not talking about any place in specific, by the way. We've this never is just- experienced that. This is all hypothetical. We haven't even been to college. Completely hypothetical. Your mom goes to college. Uh, but I love his um, Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, yeah. It's okay, Napoleon that makes Dynamite sense. I'm sorry. It, it escaped me for a second. I was like, what? <laughs> but I love the I'm masterful so um, how he flipped it around in the second like second or third chorus. I forget. But he says, turning the everyone's here line into a more negative one, saying everyone here is hating someone for doing what they did. It's a the, great way to yep. run it back. It's, ta- it's the same concept, I think. Everyone here is hating everybody else in the bar for trying to pick up girls and trying to you know, take one home exactly. for doing exactly the things everyone's they're trying to do. Everyone's here wanting to do the exact same yes. thing, and now everyone here has the exact same regret. Because, Why do we keep doing yep, it? Because everybody here is trying to do the exact same thing as I'm trying to do. That makes it a lot harder for me to do what I'm trying to do. It's hypocritical jealousy is all that it is. That's what he's talking about in this part. And at the end, he's like, Everyone and he starts screaming the lyrics. He finally does pick up towards the end. Everyone here is caught up in the pleasure and the pain, and I'm like, oh my gosh, because it's pleasure at first and then it's pain afterwards. I just I love it so much. I love this song. It's one of my favorites on the album. And what he says more than anything in this album, in this song, is no, 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 no. He says no so many times in interludes and in intros and outros. He's always saying no, which is. Sums up the entire thing. No, I don't want this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to have this guilt. I don't want to go through this one night stand. I don't want to deal with any of this stuff. But here I am. I just, and I just, another one I have to point out too. Everyone hides shades of shame. Yeah, but looking inside, we're the same. And we're all grown now, and we don't know how to get it back to good. That is a what beautiful a freaking way. concept. I'm telling you, man. It's, it's when you really dive into it. This and really is some look deep, really good lyrics. I, I, and for someone who loves lyrics as much as I do in songs, it, oh it, no, same. It, it just it hits. But we talked a lot about that one. Let's get into number seven. Damn. Damn. This whole world, well, don't make you wanna think. Damn. This cold girl here, I know she make you wanna scream. 
just a matter of girl will Don't you think I'm good enough This old heart had a whole lot of breaking down I will say this is not one of my favorites on the album That being said It is so much better than most of the rock You will ever hear nowadays This This album This whole entire album Encapsulates a sound in 90s rock That pretty much defines an entire era In the late 90s I, I keep calling this 90s radio rock, but really, it's like this entire album has a identity. You can tell that they all have the same kind of sound. They all have the same kind of intensity. And the thing is, none of these songs do it poorly. All of them are just kind of knock your socks off good, and I'm not just saying that. So even if this song isn't my favorite one... I will never change the channel if this one turns comes on. It does seem to be the most, one of the most filler songs on the album, just because it doesn't really nail down a specific topic. It just kind of is an overarching anger towards the world. It's not really like nailing down a specific reason why you're angry. It's kind of barely hitting it some in each verse. But it does to me seem to be, I agree with you. It's not one of the ones that I would hit replay on, on this album. Not to say it's bad. But it's still not one of my favorites, and that kind of continues, at least in my opinion, on the next track, which is Argue. She takes what she gets, and she never did flinch, no. So over and over, will anyone with any mind would think that's all she gets? If you want, you can get to know me well. So this album, I'm noticing kind of, this is just a kind of personal taste as far as it comes to music. A lot of heartbreak in this album, especially this part of the album. Thing is, though, it's so well executed. Like, a lot of songs talking about girls, talking about, you know, emotions related to relationships and heartbreak and stuff unless I'm completely misconstruing maybe there's a deeper meaning to this song or is I am I kind of on point with that one you're on you're on the right track yeah this and for me this is I was gonna let you run with this one because this is like my least favorite song on the album it to me there's nothing really special about this I think one. this might be my least favorite over damn now that I'm thinking about it in my opinion so yeah I'm this is not my I mean it Again, it's not horrible. It's, it's a nice. Just... It has a nice sound to it. It has a nice hard-hitting sound. And that's the thing. I don't think I can make any sort of criticism towards the sound of this album, which is why I'm barely... I'm trying to barely touch on it, because there are no criticisms. It's so... It goes together so well. Every song has its place. But, I don't know. Like, same thing when I was talking about Olivia Rodrigo, which is the only time I will compare this album to that. But it starts becoming white noise when it's just heartbreak after heartbreak. Thing is, though... The songs just sound so good, it's and he says noise, it so yeah. well. Yeah, absolutely. So well, this wh- is this is the proper way to do kind of sad heartbreak songs. It has the right intensity. The instrumentation is incredible. The production is great. So I mean, there's not much else you can really critique. We got a healthy switch on the next song, which is Cody. Well, Cody sat down on the avenue and tapped his feet. To the humming of the highway He watched the light shine down on the broken glass And thought Well I don't got no reasons Yeah The line in this song Please hand me the bottle I think I'm lonely now Is such a smooth way to start a chorus yeah. It That I We ended up talking about this When we were talking about the Eagles And we mentioned What song was it? Um 
I'll have to I'll have to uh, run it back and remember. But when he said, "What kind of love uh, do you got? You should be home, but you're not." And when I first heard that line, I thought, "Okay, you know, I know exactly what this song is about. I know exactly where it's going to." This same line, "Hand me the bottle. I think I'm lonely now." Sums up exactly what the song is about to be about. You have that one lyric that's like, "Okay, I know exactly what he's talking about. I can connect the dots here." And it's even. Fun fact: I was almost named Cody, spelled the exact same way because oh, really? of, because of this song. Um, oh, that's cool. Yes, but you can even tell when he starts the first verse. It's like, this is a guy. He's talking about a guy named Cody. Obviously, he's kind of come to the end of himself. And I believe, unless I'm reading this completely wrong, he's talking about Cody being on the verge of killing himself, you know, committing suicide. Talking about mm-hmm. sitting out on the avenue, he seeing broken his glass, feet, tapped his feet to the humming of the highway. He's got no reasons yet. He's saying he's got no reasons left. He's got no reasons left to live. But I like this one. It's a change. And Victim of Love was the Eagle song I was okay. talking about. I was just looking it up. Continue. But it's a nice change of pace. And it's it's very sad. It's very... It puts you in a different person's shoes. and really makes you think, like, how can life get that bad that you, you think that's worth it? And But it, it just... Again, it's one of those songs that... I think Rob Thomas does this better than almost any other artist out there. He literally makes you feel, even when he's not singing about himself, even when he's singing about a separate character he's created, in this instance named Cody, he makes you feel just by the you way he sings these songs, just by the way his vocals sound in these songs, you feel his pain, you feel the yeah. you feel the heartache, you feel the suffering that he's been through. And just like with telling stories and writing and you know when you read books and when you watch movies, the key is putting yourself and as an artist wanting to put your listener in yours or the character you're singing about shoes and with the way he sings on these songs you just hear the pain in his voice I think he does that perfectly and this song is a great example of that so I guess the next one we'll go into is Busted saw your face while this was playing i agree this one's a banger, banger. absolutely slaps it's some it's a different tell me for a moment does this, this one not just sound completely different than the rest that's of the album? why i love it it just take it took me off guard when i heard it i'm like okay wait a damn second because a lot of these songs i'll admit they had kind of the same sound which ain't a bad thing because it's an incredible sound yeah but as soon as the first riff was hitting on this one i was like okay hold up and i cranked it up i'm like hang on this much is about heavier, to get real much heavier and harder rock it's got that it's that that hard southern rock sound it's got that twang and it complements rob thomas's voice so well not to say these other songs hadn't but this one you could really get him let me get my rocker out here and really start showing these people like he was really getting southern with it and, and i loved it and the way the verses are so slow and methodical with the vocals but then it just begins slowly picking up right before the chorus and then it speeds up right oh the, the intensity that keeps building up yes. oh my goodness i love it this would be a closer for a concert honestly totally. like I, and this is one of the ones that i will say I, there's a lot of ones up here in this album that can pass for one of my favorites and be my favorite this is up there as well I'm oh no same for the, mine i'm gonna have to decide at the end but i'm not I'm not 100% sure this is my favorite, but we'll see. Leading us into the second to last song. Yeah. Which is Shame. Wonder how it comes to pass that all the good slips away And there's no one around you can remember being good to you Shame should drive you come and step by you What do you think about this one? I enjoyed it. 
it was definitely a tonal shift from the uh, from busted being such a banger and then going into more of a mellow ballad. Again, none of these songs I hate the sound of. This one was just kind of I don't know. It didn't hit me as much. I didn't I don't know. Mid 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 <laughs> mid and a lot of the songs and a couple I'm sorry, I won't say a lot. A couple of the songs toward the end of the album are a bit more midi than the rest. But that's just setting it to. Such Although it's a high not MIDI, they're actual instruments. They weren't. They weren't playing it with uh, with MIDI. I don't know what that means. Is that like a? Is that a... electronic sounds? Sorry, okay. I'm I'm getting super <laughs> dorky with you. Take God. a drink for another dorky music God, reference. I, I'm about to take a drink. Everybody I need to, drink I need to get up. these nerdy references out of me. <laughs> but yeah, towards the end of the album, I don't think it's quite as strong as the beginning. This is one of those examples where it's just kind of it's kind of there. It doesn't really do very much for the rest of the to advance the album, if you will. But the album, in my opinion, does close very strong in the next song with Hang. He smokes his cigarette He stays outside till it's gone If anybody ever had a heart This is another one of those super immersive songs. It really paints a picture and you're able to mentally see this story happening before your very eyes. What story do you get out of this one? If you had to like, if it, what, what does it paint for you? Out of curiosity. I mean, I didn't really get to listen to it as many times as I had hoped, but just from, so, but just from brushing up on it before talking about it, I kind of picked up that you know, he loves somebody, been with her for a long time, and she just leaves, and it spirals him down to like you know not a good place it's like well this is the last place where i wanted to be she's gone so what's there what's what's left for me have you ever heard i'm sure you've heard the song love the way you lie by eminem and rihanna well duh okay. am i an eminem fan yeah well this to me seems like a lighter version of that song with a much happier ending this seems like a couple that's kind of on the ropes not too good for each other i guess not i won't even say not too good for each other just you remember Jim and Pam when they got to season nine of the? Have you seen The Office? Bro, yeah, the, all the, the way through the, the Office. We actually just started another another watch through. Oh, thank goodness! A couple okay. Days ago. Well, anybody who hasn't watched The Office, tune out for the next thirty seconds. <laughs> when Jim and Pam get to like season nine, they start going through really, really hard times, like troubles in their marriage and stuff. Well, this song to me could kind of be like an anthem for that. It's talking about like a couple that's really on the ropes. They've had a lot of hard times recently, and they're coming to terms with the fact that, you know, things aren't good right now with where they're at in their relationship. Um, you know, it's just, t- it's, 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 it's a tough season for them, but he, in the chorus, he even says it, you know, we'll, they'll all, we'll always hang. We'll always hang together. We'll always hang with each other, no matter what, that the most important thing is that no matter what we go through, we're going to have each other by, you know, by our side. And I think that's, it's a beautiful way to, to sing about, to write about when you're going through those kind of things as a couple. It doesn't always have to be the end of the world. It doesn't always have to be, you know, DEFCON 4 if you're going through a bunch of troubles. Stick it out. You know, hang around. You don't know what you're going to be missing if you let that person go, especially with all the stuff you've been through together. And boy, I think if, it's it's beautiful. I know my boy, mom... Boy, if and, I don't relate to that. Yeah. No, I'm telling you. And my mom, <laughs> nah. my mom and dad love that song. Ma- they, they, ma- they, I'll, I'll tell you. Them. Anyone can tell you. One something that I heard before getting married is marriage is the hardest job you will ever love. Like it is, 
it is work in any relationship. If you're in a relationship and you don't go through problems and you don't have arguments, I'm sorry, bro. That ain't a relationship. Yeah. So you you can relate to it. It's very relatable for anyone who has had that sort of tight knit relationship and that kind of love. So I, it's a great way to to put a little put a little bow on this album. I, I think. agree. I absolutely adore this album. I really do. But I am curious. I haven't thought of um. Oh, I got it. How many overcoats? Out of five, do you give this album? <laughs> I, I, I came up with that on the spot from Long Day. He says, sitting well, by the overcoat. Well, speaking of uh, getting come up with stuff on the spot, I completely forgot to put down a rating for this. So oh. as we've been talking about it, I okay. came up with it on the fly. I gave it a 3.8. 3.8. Interesting. Okay. I expect I didn't expect that high from you, honestly. I'm, I'm, I'm very... I didn't expect that high from me either. But... Awesome. Like I like I've said, you like I've said before, you could be a salesman because you really sold me on this album. I didn't get to fully appreciate and understand the lyrics in my in my mind. For some reason, I was interpreting everything as it's another breakup album, it's another sappy poor me album. But as you dig deep and figure out what kinds of hurt Rob Thomas is singing about in this album. It's really good. Yeah. And like I said, not a single song sounds bad in this. Yeah. So like, it, like you realize there is a lot of stuff that, like at the end with Hank. Like if, it, if it's the same to you, I'll just hang. You know, I'll just hang around here with you. Stuff you might not have picked up on upon first listen. Yeah. And it is one of those songs that is good enough to be enjoyed first time around, just at face value for what it is. But it also does get better the more you hear it, the more you listen to it, the more you let it simmer. Um, I personally give this album a four- Point seven out of five. I had a feeling that was going to be about your rating. I I love this album. It's one of my favorites. Uh, I don't know if I'd put it in like my top twenty or twenty five all time, but it's certainly on the cusp. I'm very glad we got to talk about this album today, and I'm glad. I'm oh, ho- yeah. Hopefully, you'll get to check out some more of their music. Oh no, I'm week. going to. Sweet. Oh, I'm definitely going to. If it sounds anything like this, oh heck yeah, they it have a does. great sound. And their their sound evolves over time, but it doesn't evolve into something worse. It just improves on itself. So. So that means oh, someone, yourself, or someone like you, Matchbox Twenty gets a solid eight point five. Is that our highest out of ten that we've done so far? We should really be keeping track. We'll have to go back and listen, but yeah, it's it's got to be up there. It it really is up there. I think I ended up sending you our ratings so far just a little while ago, and this is not factoring in. Well, I don't know. We'll have to go back and look, but it's up there, it's, and it's well-deserved because it is a very, very solid album. And for again, for a debut album, you can't do much better than they did with this one. Oh, honestly. So, Next week, you can expect a good little one-two punch of connoisseurs in your life because next week, don't worry, Trey, I see you examining that wasn't a pun. Okay. Because we are so going confused. to have a, one, a, a one-two punch of connoisseurs because you can expect two episodes tomorrow. Not tomorrow, next week. You can expect two episodes, one of a good old Christmas album review, and we're just going to do a little bit of discussion about Christmas music in general because tis the season. So we will catch y'all next week on Connoisseurs on the Record. (laughs) 